0: Hi everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Soap. Busy Living Soap. Busy Living Soap. Oh my gosh, you've got me solo this week. That hasn't happened in like, I want to say it's almost been a year. Has it been almost a year that I haven't come on by myself? Well, here I am. You've got me solo this week. I hope everybody out there is doing really well. Life is good. If you're listening, congratulations. I'm glad you found me. This is episode 151. I can't believe I actually have 151 podcasts out there in the universe. It's kind of crazy. I'm not the type of person who actually used to finish things. I was the person that um, would start something and then forget about it. I would just be done, and I wouldn't want to finish something. And this is something I've actually done for consecutively for 151 as of today. But the crazy thing is, is that I'm two days late. And that is because, uh, to be honest, I've been playing a lot of golf, which is kind of crazy. What a frustrating and humbling sport that is, but here I go. I've been playing golf and I just, actually, um, I just broke a hundred, which is a big deal for the golfers out there, you know that, because it's like, oh, it's frustrating. But anyway, enough about that, I'm here to talk about life And how great life is when you're sober, but how hard it can be to get sober, and how important it is to have a tribe around you, whatever that tribe may be of people, friends. And it's so, God, this disease, it's so contradictory because this disease is so isolating. It's so um, black or white it's so there's no, you know, as JF said a couple weeks ago, there is a lot of people, at least me, I was raised in a way that there was no gray. It was all black or white. There was no gray. There was no color. There was no is, as you put in quotes. Um, so being vulnerable and being willing. And when you ask for help, it's crazy because when you ask for help, all these people show up. And I found these people in the rooms of AA, kind of in a 12-step program, and it's given me this life that's amazing, and I have a tribe now. And I never, ever, ever thought I would have a tribe, and let me tell you, it, did, it took me a while to find a tribe that I actually trusted because, let's face it, I'm a woman, and I don't trust other women. I'm sorry, I don't. It's just my thing, and, but I'm starting to. I should say I didn't trust women. Now I'm starting to trust women, and that is such a gift. It's such a gift I never ever thought I would get when I quit quit drinking. And um this is all coming from a place of watching, you know, I watched this week. I was sitting in a doctor's office And they had the TV on and I don't really watch morning TV and I don't really watch the news to be completely honest. I hate the news. I don't care about the news, whatever. I just, it's, all it does is give, makes people anxious and have anxiety and all this other stuff and I don't really need to watch it. So that being said, I was in the doctor's office and I'm watching the news and they had on the, um, Hoda and, um, Jenna Bush, Hager, um, George W. Bush, um, daughter and they were on there and they were talking about, for one, they were talking about Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck, for the people that are listening, I'm sure you already know this because if you watch TV, you know this. But Ben Affleck, you know, it's his alcoholism. He's saying, you know, he's coming to terms with it. He's not a one chip wonder, which means that he went in and he got sober right away. He's relapsed a couple of times and he's getting really honest and candid with where he is. And I guess a role he's playing, he plays an alcoholic, ironically. And, um, he talks about his biggest regret being, you know, breaking up his marriage. And I can totally get that. I don't feel that regret. (laughs) I have to say in my personal life, but I think for him, he does. And, um, but we can't ever, ever look back. And then Jenna Bush continued to talk about her father, who is also, um, an alcoholic. He did not get sober, um, at least by going to the 12 step room AA. I don't think, I just think he quit which, great, good for you. I think that if you just quit, you quit, and whatever that drug may be, if it's weed, if it's pills, if it's cocaine, whatever form that your drug of choice comes in, if you quit it and you don't go to a 12-step room, good for you. If you do, good for you. I really can't judge what any other person does because I have no idea what it is to like to walk in your shoes. I know what worked for me. I never had a tribe. My... um. You know, they were talking I'm mean, gonna I'd never had a tribe before, a tribe that I really trusted and loved. I had a tribe that I drank with. I had a tribe that um they partied just like I did. We all came from kind of the same backgrounds and we all drank the same way, and it was perfect. There was no deep conversations, it was mostly talking about what kind of genes do you have? And you know it wasn't really deep in how i was really feeling there were never talks of feelings and how you felt or anything like that because it just we were too busy drinking and doing drugs so there i was at 37 getting sober and um you know i i didn't i didn't know i, I and now this is again looking hindsight i didn't know what i didn't know and what i didn't know is that i didn't have any like i had friends but not friends that really want to hear about what's going on they want to tell me what to do and but they don't want to listen i don't i felt like i didn't have that i don't know and my friends that are listening i love you but i have to say that sometimes it's different when you're with somebody who you can really be your total honest truthful self with and when somebody says how do you feel you tell them and they listen and they don't judge Which is a huge thing in this world because I feel like we're in such a judgmental society that we just judge things as black or white, good or bad, but there's no gray. And I need the gray. I need the color. I need to know that I, for one, am not perfect. I'm not perfect. And I need a tribe. I need people that I can talk to and tell them how I'm honestly feeling and know that they're not judging me. They're just listening to me. They're just listening. They aren't, um, they aren't telling me, you know, what's good, what's bad. They just listen and maybe they'll chime in with their experience of something, but it's not coming from a place of judgment. And, um, that's so nice. And I'm going to put a clip, I'm going to have actually the clip of what was on yesterday about alcoholism on the Today Show. I will put that on here, but it's, um. The big thing is asking for help, and I think that's the hardest part. At least it was the hardest part for me was asking for help. I mean, it took me till I was 37, and I had a lot of consequences prior to that where I really should have asked for help, and I was too scared. Point blank, I was way too scared to ask for help. I was like, what is it going to be like? Oh, my God, my life's going to be over. You know, I had so much fear of the uncertainty of what it was going to be like to not drink, I had no idea. I thought, okay, I'm not going to drink, but what does that mean I'm going to do with my life? What am I going to do with my time? I'm not going to be a partier anymore. What is my life going to be like? I've spent my life in bars my entire life or getting drinks with people. I I was like, oh, my God. And then after you do drinks, you know, then maybe somebody will introduce another substance. And you're like, sure, bring it on. I had no idea what my life was going to be like. And I was scared to death. And I tell people all the time, I was more scared to get sober than I was to have kids or get married or do anything. I was like, give me another cocktail. I don't have to feel. I don't have to feel. I don't have to feel. There were no feelings. It was like, just give me this stuff. I got to get all... I don't want to feel me. And um, God, it was hard. And I have to tell you, when I first got sober, it was hard too, because I still just went through my life just not having... I didn't didn't really know what a feeling was all I knew is that I like, kind of faked it and the reason I went to a 12 step program is because I needed a tribe I knew I needed somebody to be around with and have my life with that I, I could hang out with cuz I'm a social person I'm just one of those people that likes to be around people so I like the camaraderie it was kind of weird because it's kind of like an I uh, uh, I don't want to say it's kind of weird. It is. This is what it was. I went knowing I wanted friends, but I didn't want friends at the same time. You know, I wanted friends, but I didn't want friends. I didn't even know what a friend really was. Right. I thought a friend was somebody who grabbed drinks with you and you sat there and got drunk together and told war stories about how you got drunk the week before or how you were going to get drunk maybe sometime in the future and how you were going to have this great life and you were going to travel this way and all of it was going to be drunk. Right. But there was... Or any talk of like real things. It's kind of work crazy. <laughs> and I wanted friends, but I didn't want friends. Like I wanted a friend, but I didn't know what a friend was. And I did not trust anybody at all. That's one of my big things. I don't trust. I did not trust anybody with my heart. I didn't trust anybody wasn't going to hurt me. And wasn't going to take something from me. I was so scared so, so scared. I was like, this is going to be horrendous. This is going to be horrible. What is this going to be like? But I just went and did it anyway. I don't know why. You know, I really couldn't go on any more drinking because it had gotten so bad. And I don't know if anybody's listening to this today and going, oh my God, I totally relate. It just got so bad that I needed it. It was like before I used to drink, And I could go and I didn't need it anymore. Like I'd take it or leave it. I'd be like the binge person on the weekends, right? I'd go out on the weekends and I'd party big, but then all during the week I'd be good. It's like being on a diet. You don't eat carbs during the week or you don't eat sugar during the week. But on the weekends, bring it on. But then towards the end, it got to be like that daily thing. And it changed from being something that I wanted to do to something I needed to do. Like, I couldn't go on anymore. I needed it. It's like I shook if I didn't have any. I still remember. By the way, I'm grateful for the fact that I still remember because I'm still scared of it. Um, But, you know, I wanted, um, when I came in, I wanted, I was so scared that I was going to die from it. I was like, this is going to kill me. I am not going to live through this if I keep going the way I'm going. And I don't mean that it's going to kill me right that second, like a bullet to the head or something or a car crash or something like that. I mean that it was going to be a slow progression. And if I didn't get off that train, I was going down with the ship. And by the grace of God, I swear it's by God. I got on my knees and I prayed and I said, I cannot do this anymore. And what has happened since then, it's like that has been the best. That was the only thing I've done right, by the way, is not drank. The rewards of not drinking are substantial. The first thing I had to learn was that I wasn't a piece of shit and that I wasn't bad and that I had all this shame because of all the stuff I had done while I was drinking. I was totally insane while I was drinking. I recognized that. It took a long time because when I first, I didn't think I was insane from drinking, but I am. I you put booze in me and I do things that I would never do. I don't know if you can relate to that, but I totally do things that I would never, ever, 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 ever do. Put my life in jeopardy, put my kids' life in jeopardy, do things with oh, it was horrible. Horrible. I put I'm a blackout drinker and a lot of things I don't even remember. So that was number one. I had to realize that that my drinking all the time would make me insane. I was insane. And that's something that took time to really, really, really grasp. And when I learned to let go and really trust, that was really... That took years, years for me to trust someone. I was like, okay, you're going to take care of me. And I had one or two people I would let in, but that would be it. I wouldn't let in anybody else because it was just too scary. I was like, everybody else I know is this were pretty much like dropped me or thrown stuff in my face and never really trusted me. So... How would I trust someone to tell all my secrets to when everybody has always used those secrets back to hurt me, you know, as ammunition in a fight or something? And I'm like, how am I going to trust anybody? Oh, my gosh. But I gave people chances. And people let me down because I had such high expectations of people. I had such high, I wanted people to be perfect in some ways. I wanted people to not lie to me. I wanted people to tell me the truth all the time. Well, people are human. And I didn't want to take that, that that's a human thing. I don't think people mean to be malicious and mean to lie, but they sometimes do. And realizing that, you know, having the ability to let go and the ability to say, okay, people are human... It's just, I don't, it's given me this freedom. I can't even tell you, like the feeling that I get by going, oh my gosh, it's okay if everybody isn't perfect. It's okay if somebody tells a fib to me. It's okay if somebody blows me off. It's not the end of the world. I don't have to hate them. It's that whole black and white thing I was talking about earlier. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And that's something I've learned since getting sober. I did not know that before. <laughs> you know, I've been an alcoholic since I was born. Uh, I've been black or white since I was born. I have a crazy mind since I was born. I think things that are crazy. I, you know, I, I, alcohol fixed it. I didn't have to feel them. And when I didn't have to feel them anymore, then I was able to, and I built my roots, right? I built my roots and I got, I, you know, I would, I would take, I took time to get sober, right? It takes time. It's like you plant a tree, you feed it. If you give it a miracle, grow it might go a little bit faster. But, you know, if you give yourself a good foundation and take care of you, like I had no relationships for the first year with any men. I, um, I really took time to figure out who I was. And it took time. I didn't even know what color I liked. And it took time. And all those times I wanted to run away because I felt uncomfortable in my skin, I'd call someone. That, all that, like, foundation gave me the launching pad to go and form friendships. Friendships with people that I know that if I were actually on the side of the road, they'd come no matter what. Friendships where I can tell people everything that's going on in my crazy little head And they listen to me and they love me anyway. I'd never had that before. I'd never had that before. And now there's all these reports on how important friendship is for your life and how you can have a longer life if you have better friends. I never knew what that was like. I can be acquaintances with a lot of people, but having a real friend that understands you and is there for you no matter what is just like the best thing in the whole entire world. It's the best thing. And I had no idea that that was what was going to happen to my life is that I was going to have these friendships that are beyond my wildest dreams and these people in my life that I just love. And it doesn't matter where they came from. And it doesn't matter what car they drive in. It doesn't matter where they live in. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. That stuff is all irrelevant now. All I know is that I'm trying to be the best human being today I can be. And that's something that I never aspired to be. I aspire to be the drunk that's going to go out and party with you and it's going to go to that place where, you know, it's all about me. Because I can tell you this as the alcoholic I am, you know, selfish to the core is what I am deep down inside. And when Ben Affleck, says, Affleck said that he is the biggest regret is losing his wife, I totally get it. Because I've lost so many relationships due to my alcoholism. So many relationships and it's crazy because when we are on our own self will and it's all about us, our lives are totally run by us. It stinks. It sucks. It's horrible because when we have somebody to actually enjoy our lives with that we know actually loves us and loves us to the core and is our teammate and is our partner going through life and you can bounce things off of, that is magical. And we don't find that with everyone. I get where Ben Affleck's coming and where he's like, I miss my relationship with my wife. I get that because she loved him unconditionally, right? Having unconditional love is not something that i had ever felt. And I didn't even know what it was. And now I see it and I feel it. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, people going out and they were like, oh, my gosh, people are so courageous to go out and talk about it. And Ben Affleck's so courageous to go and talk about it. And he is because a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about their disease of addiction. People are uncomfortable about it because they think that person's judging them. Bottom line. I believe 110% it's about judgment and it's how we think people perceive us. Even though I know for me, I have no idea what the person in front of me really is thinking, right? Nine out of ten times they're thinking about themselves and they're not even thinking about me. But that took time to get to. All this stuff takes time. First I've gotta you know, when we're babies, we first learn how to crawl. We first learn how to sit up and then we learn how to crawl and then we learn how to walk and then we learn how to talk and da, 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 da. it's all steps in our lives. But being in a society that's so about instantaneous gratification, it's hard to say, oh my gosh, I gotta pump the brakes on my life and I gotta take care of me and I gotta regroup. That's something I never, ever, ever thought of. I never stopped to pump the brakes. I ran. I ran in my addiction. I ran from everything and everyone. If I wasn't happy, I'm going to run away. And sometimes it wasn't even a physical thing, right? Because when you go in a blackout, you're totally, at least for me, I was not present. I left. And I did that often. I ran away, I ran away, I can't feel. If I feel my feelings, I will be Humpty Dumpty and break down to a million pieces. So I took baby, baby, baby steps, baby steps. And whatever that baby step is for you, it's like whatever that balance is for you that's listening. It's like whatever that is. I don't know. Is it like you're going to get up in the morning and you're going to drive a different way to work? Or you're going to get up in the morning, you're going to put your headphones on, and you're going to go for a walk. You're going to get up in the morning, and you're going to brush your teeth, and you're going to put on your makeup, and you're going to say, I love myself today. I never did that until I listened to Louise Hay tape that said, you know, do this mirror work and you look in the mirror and it was ridiculous. I did, I had my computer and on my mirror in my bathroom, it said, I love Elizabeth on a hot pink post-it note. I love Elizabeth. That took time. I had so much shame in my body that it took so much time to say, oh, Elizabeth, you're okay. You're okay. You're better than okay. Because I had no idea. I had no idea I was okay. I thought I was going to be screwed up for the rest of my life. So that took time going, I'm okay. So I did the I love myself. I went on walks. I'd go look at nature. Because for so long, I never even looked up at the sky. And you look up at the sky and it's always different. Even if it's cloudy, the clouds are different, right? Like there's different colors of gray, different colors of blue. There's different colors of white. It's just amazing. So I looked up at the sky and I just said, thank you. You know, to whoever your being is, whatever your higher power is, whatever your God is, you say thank you. And then I checked out all the stuff that was around me, right? The grasses. And if your so, spring is coming into lots of part of the country soon and, you know, you see the flowers budding and you're like, damn, look at that. I missed that for so long. And when it snows, if you're in a place that's snowy, you're like, oh my gosh, the snow is so beautiful. And look at how many, like what different snowflakes. No, not one snowflake, like the next one. I never noticed that. People talked about it, but did I ever take the time to really look at that? No, it's literally like taking the time to smell the roses, smelling the roses and falling in love with yourself takes a long time. At least it did for me. It took a really long time and I had to become friends with me and be okay with me before I could be friends with somebody else. And before I could take that judgment away and go, you know what? Be who you want to be. Be who you want to be. It's all good. It's all good. It's all about the love. That's where the magic happens is in the love. It's not in the judgment. The judgment gives, gives you hate. It separates you, right? The judgment will separate you. It will not bring you together. The love is what matters. The friendship is what matters. What matters is getting out there and asking for help and going, I'm going to do this even though I don't want to. It's like sending, if you want to send me an email, you know, the stranger, you're like, I'm listening to her podcast. Am I going to send her an email? I see a lot of you are signing up for my newsletter which I haven't sent out in a really long time at one point I will I will send a newsletter out I don't know when it's going to be but maybe in the near future who knows I'm not putting that pressure on myself but I can tell you this all you people that reach out to me and sign up for my newsletter write to me send me a note say hi say what's up busy I promise I'm gonna write you back I always write everybody back and it's b-i-z-z-y and my email is b-i-z-z-y at Busy, living, sober, B-U-S-Y, a little um, confusing. I'll I'll say it again in a little bit. But, you know, reach out. Do something you wouldn't normally do. Call someone you wouldn't normally call. Say hi to somebody you wouldn't normally say hi to. Go to work with a totally new attitude like, I get to go to work. Not I have to go to work. I get to go to work. That changes the whole day, right? If we start off the day with something positive, Our lives are so much richer. I, right now, am in a group with a bunch of ladies, and every morning we wake up together and we send each other a gratitude list. So I'm grateful for whatever it is. Like this morning, I got up at 5.30, I was outside by 6, and I was walking the dogs. And I took a picture of my dogs. And I was grateful for the fact that I could walk my dogs. And it was the beautiful morning and the sun was about to rise. It was just beautiful, like that time before the sun rises and it's bright. That's what I was grateful for. And if you don't have anybody that you want to do gratitude lists, write to me. Tell me you want to be on my gratitude list and I'll put you on it. You know, we can start our own, whatever you want to do. I just want you to know that you're not alone. You know, for so long when I was in my disease, I was was alone, even though I was surrounded by a million people. I didn't feel like I had anybody that I could really talk to and could tell what my feelings were. I promise you if you open up to someone, someone will open up to you and you will have a friend. And it won't be based on what kind of shoes you're wearing and what kind of jeans you're wearing and what kind of car you're driving. I mean, yes, it can come from that. But it can. St- but having that real friendship and having something in common and having somebody to love is so great. It's so amazing. It makes my life so much richer. And having a friend is so important. And if you have this disease, it wants you alone. It wants you thinking that you're a loser, that you have shame, you have remorse, you have guilt you have bitterness, you have envy. I could go on to an infinitum of what all the negative adjectives that are out there that your brain can tell you what you're worth. And it's all big, fat, fucking lies. Okay? It's big, fat, fucking lies, what your head tells you. Because you're an awesome person if you're walking on this planet and you have this disease. You're probably smarter than the average Joe number one. Number two, you've had something happen in your life that's been really bad and you can't get over it and you can't stop thinking about it. And number three, you want somebody to love you so desperately, but you're too fucking scared to ask. I get it. I've been there. But if you reach out even to me, a stranger today, And you're like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to her. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know me. I don't know you. You can put an anonymous name. It doesn't even matter. Don't have your address. Do whatever. And I'll just write you back. I promise. And it's busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com. B-U-S-Y-L-I-V-I-N-G-S-O-B-E-R.com. That's what it is. I don't make any money doing this podcast. It's all out of the kindness. It's all just something, my passion, my hobby is my accountant likes to tell me this is my hobby. I want to help people. I don't want anybody to have to go through a life the way I went through life. And let me tell you, this disease is a fucking bitch. This is not an easy thing to get over and people relapse and people start over again and people do all sorts of things that people do. But if you take the judgment out and you put love in instead and you love somebody and you love your next door neighbor, you love yourself, if you fall in love with you, your life will change dramatically. But it takes time and you can't do it alone. That's the unfortunate thing. You can't sit at home and read yourself into right thinking, right? You've got to do it. It's about action. My husband talks about it all the time. If you can't think your way into right action, you got to get yourself into right action. And if that means going a different way to work today, go a different way to work tomorrow or today or home, whatever it is, go to a different grocery store. Go to a different candy store. Go to a different ice cream store. It's really important to eat sweets in the beginning, by the way. I ate Faskin Baskin-Robbins ice cream every day. Um, yeah, I got a little heavy. Whatever. I was happy, though. And um, I lost a lot of weight, too, from drinking. So it's kind of ironic. But I had, like, one scoop of ice cream every night because that would be my sweetness that I'd have to get. Whatever your favorite thing is, fall in love with you, take care of you, take away the judgment, fall in love with you. And this disease is your life will get better, I promise you. But if you keep feeling bad, and this is the ironic thing too, we go and we feel like shit and we drink or we do drugs and they all go to the same part of our brain that makes us depressed. In the end, it's all depressants. So now we're feeling terrible and we're putting bad things on us to make us feel even more terrible. I mean, right, when we're not present, we don't feel anything, so it doesn't matter, right? Because we're inebriated. But when we are clean and sober, Our brains are free and clear. We get to think clearly. And we get to fall in love with ourselves. And we can't go back in any time machine and change yesterday. So it's gone. It's gone. And you can't go to tomorrow because it's not here yet. So live in today. Live in today. Thank you, everybody that's listened today. Um, Again, I haven't been on here solo in a really long time. And it actually feels really good. Um, I don't know what next week's going to bring. I have an idea of maybe what I'm going to do. But um, I again, I have no idea. And you'll just hear me next week. And I promise I will be on on Tuesday. I will not wait till Thursday like I did today. I can't believe I went to Thursday to put up my podcast. I was going to do a rerun. And my husband kind of looked at me like that's a little lame. So I didn't want to do a rerun of, of... before so here I am today just telling everybody out there you know you can get one day reach out to me here's my email address again busy b-i-z-z-y at busy b-u-s-y living sober.com and until next week everybody keep getting busy living sober bye-bye